Welcome once again to another fantastic episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. We help business creators like you win at the game of business and marketing so you can thrive from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion and make a difference for your community, market, and audience. Please take a moment and visit our website, www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. You'll find hundreds of episodes covering a breadth and depth of topics relevant to you as a business creator and links to subscribe via your favorite network so you get fresh episodes delivered straight to you. And now, here's today's episode. Let's get started. My name is Adam Homie. I am your host, and I am honored by your wise decision to tune in and invest in yourself today. Once again, the Business Creators Radio Show comes to you from my sumptuous balcony in Las Vegas, where we invite you to imagine yourself sitting in on a private mastermind session, having your pad of paper and two pens in front of you to capture those aha moments. It will naturally arise as you form the questions that lead to your next breakthrough. Today, we are going to discuss, and I love the psychology stuff. I'm into psychology. I'm into neuropsychology. I'm into neuroscience. I am a devotee of the power of hypnotherapy. It's all about the most important computer, the most powerful computer that's ever been invented, the one that's right between our ears. So we are going to discuss why your psychology is more important than technical knowledge in real estate and business. And to share with us today, we have somebody I've wanted to get on this show for a long time. And I almost fell to my knees in extreme gratitude for the universe when we were able to book this guy. This is going to be a treat for you. His name's Rod Cleef. He's a multiple business owner and philanthropist who is passionate about real estate business and giving back. As one of the country's top business real estate and peak performance luminaries, Rod has owned over 2,000 homes and apartment buildings and has built over 24 businesses in his 40-year business career, several of which have been worth tens of millions of dollars. Rod soared from humble beginnings as a young, impoverished Dutch immigrant to incredible success. And among the highlights you're going to get, I'm going to kind of fast forward here a little bit because Rod's going to tell you in more detail. He lost $15 million before he arrived at the success he enjoys today. He can speak about so many different things. We're so happy that he's going to share with us about the psychology of success. And on a, a philanthropic note, Rod also founded what's known as the Tiny Hands Foundation, which has benefited more than 85,000 community children in need. Rod Cleef, come on in. The weather's fine. Thanks. Thanks, Adam. Thanks for having me. Uh, you're quite the wordsmith. I love some of the <laughs> words you use in your, in, your, uh, in your intro there, my friend. Well, I appreciate you having me on, buddy. Let's have some fun and add some value. Well, I like when people talk wordy to me, so. <laughs> <laughs> or nerdy, as the case may be. <laughs> All right. What we do here on Business Creators Radio, and our listeners know this, is before we dive into the primary topic of conversation is I like to, first of all, introduce the guests as I've done. And I've read off a bio that's so impressive. I'm not sure I'm worthy to be here. And this is my show. So what we want to do here is Rod, if you could tell us a bit about your journey. Yeah, and yeah, no, absolutely. It's brought you to where you are today, serving from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion, making a difference for your community market and audience and go. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. So, so listen, I, I'm going to go back a ways just because I think it'll lend credibility. Yeah. It'll lend credibility and some framework to what I think uh, we want to talk about today. So I immigrated to this country when I was six years old 
uh, with my mother, Zvancha, my brother, Albert, I was born in the Netherlands in Holland, you know, think wooden shoes and windmills. And yep. um, we ended up in Denver, Colorado, where uh, I lived for 30 years. And when we got there, I will tell you, we really struggled. Uh, in fact, uh, you know, I remember we we went to the expired food store because it was cheaper. I remember drinking powdered milk with our cereal in the morning, cereal in the morning, because it was cheaper than milk. And I remember wearing clothes from the Goodwill and the Salvation Army all the way through junior high school till I lied about my age and got a job flipping burgers at Burger King so I could buy clothes and buy ultimately buy a car. Now, I know you may have listeners, Adam, that had it harder than I did, or maybe have it harder now, even with all the craziness, but I knew I wanted more. Luckily, my mom had an incredible work ethic. So she babysat kids. So we'd have enough money to eat. And we always had a house full of kids. But she was also a bit of an entrepreneur uh, and didn't have any formal education, but she invested in the stock market. She did IPOs and she invested in real estate. Well, her first mm-hmm. house that she bought was right across the street from us. She bought it from a family called the Jewels and and, uh, and it was right across the street. And when I was 14, she bought it for about $30,000. When I was 17, she told me it had gone up $20,000 in, in her sleep. And I said, what? You made 20,000, you didn't do anything? So I got my real estate broker's license right when I turned 18. Now, I wasn't just an agent, I was a broker, which you could do back then with education. Now they got smart, you need some experience before you can be a broker. But I was a broker and I was gonna be rich selling people houses. Well. My first year in real estate, I made about eight grand. My second year, maybe 10 grand. But my third year, I made over $100,000, which back in 1980 was a pretty decent chunk of change. Yeah. And, and so what happened between year two and year three that caused me to 10x my income? Well, what happened was I met a guy, I actually dated his daughter, who taught me about the importance of mindset and psychology and how truly 80 to 90% of your success in anything is just that mindset and psychology. And so fast forward to today. Like you said, I've owned thousands of a couple thousand houses I've rented long term, thousands of apartment units. I've actually built 27 businesses. Uh, I don't call them failures when they fail. I call them seminars. And and that was a $50 million seminar you were describing. But, uh, <laughs> but in, you know, um, several of those businesses I've built have been worth tens of millions of dollars. And most have been spectacular flaming seminars, right? We fail our way to success. And, and so, you know, but in, in 2006, my net worth went up $17 million while I slept. And you're like, oh, that's pretty impressive. And so I thought so too. And I, I thought I was a freaking real estate god. And I got a head so big, I could barely fit it through the door. And you know, when that happens, God of the universe, whatever you believe, will give you a nice little smack very often. Well, that was yep. 2008. And that's when I lost $50 million. And you know, I thought I was set. And so one of the things I'm known for on my podcast and in my training, my live events that I do is, is the importance of mindset and, and how mindset, you know, caused me to have 50 million to lose in the first place. But then it, as importantly, or maybe even more importantly, how I was able to recover from that to the success that I'm blessed to have today. And, and, you know, there were people in the great depression that jumped off buildings and even in the 08 nine crash that took their own lives because for losing less, you know, um, proportionately. So, you know, that's that's a topic that I really enjoy discussing. So I'm happy to drill down on that with you, Adam. Well, yeah. And, you know, a little something about me and it just kind of jumped out as you were telling your story is I'm not the type of person who chases bright, shiny objects. In fact, mm-hmm. I will say no to things about ninety nine point something percent of the time. Mm-hmm. I never feel bad doing it because I live by the philosophy that my no is somebody else's yes. And by saying no, I create their yes, whether it's their prospect that wanted to work with me, but it didn't seem like a fit. Well, somebody else out there wants that client and I just gave them that client. 
And the same, I believe the same works both ways too. Somebody else got turned down somewhere else and they came to me and it was the fit that everybody needed. I also know that when I get to those places where I have made a decision, I will take enormously massive action on it. Those who follow me in my social media are aware of my recent journey to rebuild my personal brand and reinvent my personal brand. And I decided I want to go all the way with it. And we're including uh, working with a certified professional image consultant to do the color analysis, genetic analysis, measurements I'd never heard of. Uh, I'll tell you one funny thing about that. I found out that my body is asymmetrical because my arm span is four inches wider than it's supposed to be. And those extra four inches are all in my shoulders. So I can genuinely say I'm a broad shoulder guy. <laughs> I decided I wanted that and I made it happen within 48 hours. So that's an example of when I take the massive action, I make it happen. So what I want to do more is I want to get more into this. You really have me intrigued with the losing $50 million and looking back at it as a seminar rather than anything else. And I may have to quote you on that. Uh, the idea that a learning experience is actually a seminar. So how did you recover from that? Yeah, well, uh, to give credit where it's due, I got that from Tony Robbins, but uh, I will tell you how I recovered. So there were several things, actually. The first being um, being very clear on what it is that I wanted and um, why I wanted it. And so, you know, one of the things, if you come to one of my live events, um, and I'm thank God that we've got live events again, I've got one coming up December 3rd, 4th and 5th in Orlando. I've gone, you know, for the last two, for what year I've been on virtual, uh, which just is no fun. It's more fun to have people in front of you, you know? Yeah. So, you know, and, and so, one of the first things we do is a goal setting workshop for about an hour and a half. And, and it's called goal setting on steroids because you've got to know what it is you want. How the hell are you going to get anything if you don't know what it is? And so, uh -huh. you know, you've got to have clarity on around your goals and you've got to know why you want them. And, you know, like, like Napoleon Hill says in his book, thinking grow rich, you've got to have a burning desire. And so, um, you know, that we, we spend, we spend time on goals. It's super, super important. And that's how, that's one of the ways that I recovered was reassociating with what I wanted and why I wanted it. Okay. So that's, that's, that's one thing. And I can describe that process if you like, but um, you know, uh, that, 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 that we go through in about an hour and a half, but that's one of the first things we do. And then, you know, this, there's, there's obviously several other things. Your peer group is critically important. You know, I was, I was happened to be in Tony Robbins platinum partnership at that time. So I was around people that were thriving that through that crisis that are saying, you know, all right, quit whining, get off your butt, you know, you, you'll recover, whatever. And, and peers are so important. You know, if you show me your three best friends, I'll show you who you are in every aspect of your life, of your happiness, your, your relationships and your finances. And so, you know, uh, and, and what's sad is most people, don't proactively choose their peers. They'll, they'll, they'll default to the people they work with or people they went to school with. And very often those people could have, you know, if, if, if someone wants to be successful, that success could scare them. It could make them jealous. It could make them fearful of losing them. And so, you know, sometimes that's family. And so I will tell you, you know, love your family, choose your peers because who you hang out with is who you become as, as I know, you know, Adam. And, and so, yep. you know, it's, it's um, that's an important piece of this. And then, 
The next thing is focus. Now, I know if you're listening to Adam, you're a leader. There's no question you're a leader. And, and, and right now, more than ever, the world needs leaders. And so, so your focus is so critically important. I mean, don't get me started on the freaking fake news and all the crap politically that's going on. <laughs> but what's important to remember is that whatever you focus on is going to get bigger, both positive or negative. And so you really need to stand guard at the door to your mind and bring in the good stuff. Like on my podcast, I do these clips called Own Your Power, and they're just motivational clips. And they're like five minutes. They, they're, they're, I've done hundreds of them. And you know, even if you're not interested in multifamily real estate, I, I know you'll enjoy those clips. There's a reason why the podcast has been so successful, and it's those clips. I know it is. And so you know, like this week, I did it on self-actualization about working on yourself and looking in the mirror to be a better, you know, my case, father, husband, business person, human being, frankly. So, you know, that's that's the that. And by the way, my podcast is called Lifetime Cash Flow Through Real Estate Investing. And I hope you'll check it out if you have an interest. But um, my teach multifamily real estate. That's my that's my that's my thing. I've, and I uh, love it. Absolutely freaking love what I do. But so peer group is critically important. Focus is critically important. In fact, you know what? I'll tell you something interesting. The, the most successful people on the planet are the most focused. And, and I will tell you, you know, I don't listen to many podcasts. And uh, the one I do listen to is Tim Ferriss. And I get excited about my 11 and a half million downloads. And he does that, I think, a week, you know. But what he yeah. does is he interviews the best of the best in the world at what they do. You know, the best uh, actors, Arnold and Ed Norton and Jamie Foxx, best best uh, musicians, best athletes, Michael Phelps, he had Kobe on, the best CEOs of, of the biggest companies in the world, uh, billionaires like Ray Dalio. And he dissects how they achieve their success. He breaks it down. And I started to hear a pattern. Many, many, many of them meditate. And what does meditation enhance, right? Focus. So focus is the next big thing that's super important. But uh, anyway, I could keep going here, Adam. I don't want to keep talking. If you've no, got it's, a all, question. it's it's yeah. uh, it's all right. But I do have uh, I do have a few other questions here. Sure. And uh, and this is part of definition of terms. And when you mentioned this in the green room, I thought it was kind of interesting. What truly is any business? Yes, it's it's. I will tell you. It's, it's uh, according to Peter Gruber, it's innovation and marketing. Uh, I will tell you another thing that it is. It's people and systems. If you get the right people and you get the systems in place, that is every business. So, you know, they're, 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 those are the two definitions I'm aware of. Okay. And you also draw the distinction between achievement versus fulfillment. Yeah. So you I can define those as well. Go ahead. Sure, sure, and, sure. And, and, and we have time here, so go nuts. Yeah. Well, is, is it okay if I, if, if, I, if I circle back and describe the goal setting? Because it'll yes. tie right into that fulfillment. So let yes. me talk about the goal setting only because, and this is not your typical, you know, do a New Year's resolution, for, which is forgotten by February. So, you know, what you want to do, and, and guys, if you're listening and you're interested in really maximizing what you're doing, take some notes because this will, I think this will really add some value to you. So um, what you want to do is you want to pick a time when you have a lot of energy, okay? Don't do it after a big meal. Make sure you're hydrated and just sit down uninterrupted and write down everything you could ever possibly want in life, okay? The big things, the little things, all the stuff, the houses, cars, boats, jet skis, planes, and take the lid off your brain. Imagine if you write it down, you're going to get it, which is not outside the realm of reality because what it does is it triggers something in your brain called your reticular activating system. <clears throat> and what that is, is it's this subconscious filter. You're not consciously aware of it. <coughs> I'm sorry, need to get a drink of water. I'm actually coughing. Give me one sec. No worries. <coughs> Got a little ahead of myself. So here we go. 
what it does is it triggers something in your brain, like I said, called your reticular activating system. And that's that subconscious filter that points you in the direction that your brain thinks you need to be focused on. And again, it's subconscious. The greatest example of it is when you first buy a car, you never really notice them and you buy the car and you see them everywhere. Were they there before? Of course they were. So that's your reticular activating system. And that's what happens when you write your goals down and you and you stay associated with your goals. So, and, and by the way, don't limit yourself. If you want a private island, a jet, a yacht, whatever it is, write it down because that starts the process, okay? And, and I'll give you an example of that in a minute. But, um, and then once you can't think, and, and you know, write down how much cash flow you want from your investments in three years and in 10 years. Write down how much money you want in, in your, in case the stuff hits the fan fund in three years and 10 years. You know, so all that, write that down. And then once you can't think of another thing, write down what you want to do in this lifetime, where you want to go. Like I've got a travel vision board of the places I love that I want to go again or places I want to go. I haven't been to. So write down where you want to go. Write down what you want to do. Maybe you want to write a book. Maybe you want to jump out of a perfectly good airplane. I did that a couple of years ago. I'll never freaking do it again, but it's off the list. So write down your bucket list stuff too. You know, I've got a friend's climbing every mountain over 14,000 feet. So whatever it is you want to do, write that down. Then also write down what you want to learn. Maybe you want to learn a foreign language. If you want to learn multifamily real estate, for God's sakes, you know, come to my boot camp in December. But, but whatever it is, write that down. <clears throat> Maybe then, then lastly, write down who you want to help. Okay. And uh, we will do more for others than we'll ever do for ourselves. Like, you know, I bought my parents a house on a canal here in Florida when my dad was alive, bought him a car, took him on cruises. Who do you want to do something for? Write that down. Okay. Then once you can't think of another thing, and by the way, those of you that are analytical, I know you, I know you know who you are. Don't stop and analyze every answer. Just keep writing. You can always scratch it out later. You don't want to let the pen leave the paper and you don't want to lose your momentum on this. So have high energy and write down everything you can possibly think of. All right. Then once you can't think of another thing, a couple more steps. I want you to pick your number one goal. I mean, that goal, when you get it, you're like, oh my God, this is amazing. That goal that you know, you've arrived when you achieve that goal, write that and put that on a separate sheet of paper. Now, if you've got two or three that are equally exciting, just pick one. Don't agonize about it. Just pick one. It won't matter for what we're going to do next. Now, then pick your top three one-year goals. So you've got your number one goal and you've got your top three one-year goals. Okay. Put them on a separate sheet of paper and leave some room in between them. And I will tell you at this point, you're ahead of 99.9% .9 of the people on the planet, like I say, that do a New Year's resolution that never goes anywhere. But there's, a, there's, there's just another quick step here. I want you to write down under each goal why it's an absolute freaking must for you to achieve it. It's not a should. Okay. And, you know, we say I should eat better. I should be a better parent. I should exercise more. We end up shooting all over ourselves. Right. So this, it has to be a must. So when you write your description, use emotionally charged words when you're writing it. And by the way, if you're analytical, don't think you can do this in your head. If you're in your head, you're dead. You've got to write this down. Okay. So um, write down why it's an absolute must and use emotional words like incredible and amazing and beautiful because words will juice you and they will propel you. Again, this is the fuel. This is the fuel to get you to stay up late, get up early, work Saturdays to grind for a few years like most people won't. So you can live the rest of your life like most people can't. So, so um, just trust me, this exercise is incredibly powerful. Then so write down, you know, things like, so I can show my kids what amazing success looks like. So I can show my wife what it means or husband to live a life of, of incredible abundance. So we can have unlimited freedom to do whatever we want, wherever we want, whenever we want, bring whoever we want, you know, whatever's going to juice you, write that down. Okay. Then 
take it one little step further. Once you've got a positive reason why or reasons why you need to achieve those goals that they're a must, put some pain in there if you don't achieve them. So I don't feel like a failure. So I don't fail my kids. So I don't fail my wife or husband. So I don't live a life of regret. Why do you do this? Because as human beings, we will do more to avoid pain than gain pleasure. And again, this is the fuel. Okay. There was this nurse in Australia, Adam. Um, she was a hospice nurse. And so she took care of patients when they were about to die. And she asked him a question. And the question was, do you have any regrets? And she wrote a book about it. Her name is Bronnie Ware. And it's called The Five Regrets of Dying. You know what the number one regret was? It was not living the life I could have lived, living someone else's life, not doing what I know I'm capable of, not, not having done what I knew I was capable of. I can't think of anything worse than that. So again, this is what prevents that from happening. So you've got your positive neg negative reasons why. The last thing I will tell you is get pictures of your goals and or make declarations. Okay. Go on Google, download pictures that resonate with you, that get you juiced, blow them up at Walgreens or CVS, put them on the wall, create a vision board, put them on your screensaver. Why? Because they work. And I know I've lost some of you analytical ones, but I'm here to tell you this is more important than the technical knowledge. I can talk ad nauseum about how to buy apartment buildings or how to build a business, but this is more important. This is how I had 50 million to lose and how I got back, how I got it all back. Okay. So trust me on this. So get those pictures. Now, give you some examples of this. So a great example is Jim Carrey. When he was flat broke, the, you know, the comedian, the actor, when he was flat broke, he wrote himself a check for $10 million. For those of you millennials, the check is something we used to use to pay for things. Now it's like Zen. No oh, I, 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 I remember those. And uh, I think like <laughs> once I think like once a year I have to uh, go somewhere and buy uh, and either buy a money order or go to my bank and get a cashier's right. check because that's right. like about as often as I need checks. Right, right, right. Well, anyway, so he wrote himself that check when he was flat broke and he, go, he used to go up by the Hollywood sign and he would open it, look at it and visualize cashing it. And that's how much money he made for Dumb and Dumber. Mm -hmm. um, another great example is Demi Lovato, the singer. Um, when she was an unknown about 11 years ago, she posted on social media, one day I'm going to sing the national anthem at the Super Bowl. Not this last one. Go watch the Super Bowl before and see who sang the national anthem. I'll give you some right. personal examples for me. When I, you know, when I got my real estate license, when I was 18, I figured I had to have a car with four doors so I could show people houses, right? So I got this bone ugly freaking piece of crap, a Ford Granada with a bench seat in the front. It was just a real piece of, like I said, and, and, but the guy that taught me, the initial guy that taught me about mindset and psychology, he had two Corvettes and he let me drive one. And I'm like, oh my God, this is freaking amazing. So I, I got a picture of a Corvette. This is before the internet. I got a picture of a Corvette out of a magazine, put it on the visor of my bone ugly Granada. Within a year or two, I had a, you know, a, a, a Corvette. I'll give you a couple of more examples, but please know I'm not bragging with this. I'm, this stuff doesn't even interest no, me. No, not anymore. at all. Not at all. I just want to inspire you to what's possible. Replace what I did here with whatever is important to you. But this is back when the TV show Magnum PI was out. Okay. Actor was um, Tom, Selleck. Tom, Tom Selleck. Thank you. Yeah. And he drove a Ferrari 308. And that was the first time I saw an exotic. And I'm like, oh my God, that's freaking amazing. So I got a picture of that actual car, put it on the visor of my, um, of my Corvette within a year or two out of Maserati looked just like it. In fact, I was just watching Scarface and there was a, that my car was in that movie. I couldn't believe it. There were, there were, they made, well, I couldn't, might not have been mine. They made about 117 of them, but it very well could have been as well. But anyway, uh, so that Maserati. And then the last car example is I'm the guy that always wanted a Lamborghini. And again, I know this isn't going to interest any of you, but again, replace that with whatever it is. And, you know, I used to have posters in my room growing up of the Lamborghinis and, 
uh, you know, the bikini girls washing up, you know, all that crap. And then, and, you know, and then what's interesting is my son, when he was nine years old, collected exotic models of exotic cars. So he had the Ferraris and the Porsches mm-hmm. and the McLarens and he had a Lamborghini and it was the exact same color and style that I ended up getting, which I wrecked. But anyway, so get the pictures, get them around you because they freaking work. OK. All right. That's it on that. <laughs> Now, you were asking about success versus fulfillment. That, that, that was a long pre-frame for that. So the one thing I didn't mention, you know, when you're, when you're, when you're you know, writing your goals down, um, people will overestimate what they can do in a year and massively underestimate what they can do in 5, 10, 20 years. Keep that in mind. And like an example of that was when I was 18, I knew I wanted to live on the beach and, you know, there's no beach in Denver. So I built this $8 million, 10,000 square foot mansion on the beach, on the beach on one side. I had my boathouses on the backside. It was a Gulf to Bay. It was called the slice through an island, which was unthinkable when I was 18. And so let me just describe this place to you because it'll lend framework to what I want to say next. So, I mean, this house was magnificent. Okay. I mean, I had a giant 12 foot wide waterfall that went from the second floor balcony into the pool the pools in magazines. I, you know, I had a big giant spiral staircase up through the middle of the house with, with uh, hand carved metal around it and, and, and elevator wine cellar library, um, you know, on the set, just I'll land the plane with this on the second floor. I had aquariums built around that spiral staircase. It cost me almost 200 grand. So that gives you an idea of the house. So I worked for this thing for 20 freaking years. Okay. Two months after I moved in, I'm floating in the pool at night. It's night. My family's inside sleeping. This pool's changing colors. It's got fiber optic lighting. And I'm looking up at this testament to my ego, which is really what it was. See, when I got thrown into school, when I was six years old, um, I discovered bullies for the first time. I didn't speak English. I got my ass kicked regularly. I didn't know how to fight back yet. And you know, and then my mom, God bless her, proud Dutch woman that she is, she'd send me to, she sent me to school in wooden shoes and those leather shorts the, the Germans wear for Oktoberfest, the lederhosen. And so I got my butt kicked again. And then the bullies would chase me home from school. She'd chase them off with a fly swatter. So I got my butt kicked again. And I, I came uh-huh. up with this belief system that I wasn't good enough. And so, you know, and this, is, this was my way of proving the world I was good enough by, by, by being, you know, very, very successful. And, but, it, you know, it also cost me my first family. And so, you know, it was double-edged sword. But so I'm looking up at this testament, my ego to prove the world I was good enough. And I got depressed. So again, I worked for this thing for 20 years. And within two months of looking up at it, I'm depressed. And I'm like, what the hell? How could I possibly be depressed? I've achieved success like times a thousand. I got the Maserati and the two Benzes and the boats and the jet skis and all the stupid crap I thought was important. Well, what was happening, Adam, were the three things when I look back on it. One was um, you should never achieve a big goal without having other goals lined up behind it. Like the good book says, without a vision, the people perish. You need a vision for the future. Um, and so that's a big piece, you know, and then the second piece is it's never about the goals. You know, they say the happiest days of a boat owner's life, the day they buy it, the day they sell it. It's never about the goals. It's about progress and growth and, and your growth on your path to the goals. <clears throat> Excuse me again. And, and I didn't know what I was going to do next, how I was going to progress or grow. But the big thing is the answer to your question. I had been totally focused on success, rod, 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 show the world I matter, show the world I'm good enough. And so, you know, what I did is I went out and bought some books because, you know, I didn't want to go lay on a couch somewhere. So I bought, you know, Dale Carnegie, Napoleon Hill, Zig Ziglar at the time, Tony Robbins. And I started reading Tony's book and I'm like, man, this is good stuff. So I went and saw him live and I found out that he fed families for the holidays. 
And I'm like, you know, what a concept, do something for someone else. And I'm, you know, I'm embarrassed to say I had to be 40 to get that memo. So I went back home and I called my brother in Denver, who I was going to go visit for Thanksgiving. I said, Hey, go find five families that need help. So we went to his church and found five really destitute families. And uh, the third family changed my life, man. I, I, you know, we, we found out this, this single woman had five kids. And so we bought them, you know, this is for Thanksgiving. We bought them a frozen turkey. We got toys for the kids, big boxes of food. We show up there and she comes out on the porch and she sees the food and starts crying. Her, you know, her uh, kids come out. The older one started crying. I started crying and I'm hooked. And I'm blessed to say um, your, your bio on me was a little dated. In the last 20 years, we fed over 110,000 children for the holidays. And please know I'm not trying to brag here. There's a message here and I'll share in just a second. Yeah. You know, I've done tens of thousands of backpacks filled with school supplies to local children. Astounding to me, we live in the greatest freaking country on earth and kids don't even have supplies for school. Um, you know, I've done tens of thousands of teddy bears to local police departments for the officers to keep in vehicles if they encounter a child that's been traumatized. So you ask me, what's the difference between success and fulfillment? Tony Robbins calls it the science of achievement versus the art of fulfillment. Sci achievement is a science. You know, if you want to learn how to buy apartment buildings, I will give you the map, the blueprint. It's scientific. You do these steps, you'll, you'll, you'll get it. Okay. Um, but, but fulfillment is an art. You've got to figure out what juices you. Now, I'm going to tell you, those of you listening, that, you know, you might be thinking, yeah, I'll do that when I have money. Big freaking mistake. OK, see, we've been taught to achieve, to be happy, that we need to achieve and then we can be happy. But I'm going to tell you, if you incorporate giving back right now into your life, you will be happily achieving. OK, and I know it's a play on words, but it's an important one. So let me say that, you know, pick a cause. I don't care if it's animals like it looks like might be yours adam i don't care if it's uh mm -hmm. you know uh the children the elderly the environment whatever it is doesn't matter that's something you're passionate about and give back right now because you'll be happily achieving i'm going to tell you the success will come faster that's the way the universe god whatever you believe works whatever you give you get back a hundredfold so do it right now and that's the difference between achievement and fulfillment adam that's quite a story uh, to, uh, to put it mildly, uh, thank you so much for sharing that in so much great detail. Thank so you. So what is, you know, you, you pretty much covered most of our conversation hmm. in the course of that answer here. And what I really liked is where you got into the, some of those important things people should focus on when they're starting their business, whether it's real estate, whether it's anything else. And, you know, I... You know, this is one of the, the memes out there that you see, uh, and this is why it's so frustrating to get a job out of college. So you have entry-level jobs that require 10 years of experience. How do you, uh, okay. And what sometimes happens is you'll have these job descriptions created that will say that a person needs X number of years, like let's say five years in a particular software, like if it's an IT job. And then the, the, and then the person who invented the software will find the job description and share it online and say, no, it's funny that uh, they're asking for five years experience seeing as I only designed it three years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so when you have these unrealistic expectations out there, it can be extremely frustrating. And I think that I think that part of this, and this is why I wanted to 
bring you on, among other reasons, I wanted to show people from the perspective of those who are hiring, whether they're looking for employees, whether they're looking for contractors, whether they're looking for somebody to do a project for them, whether they're looking for resource partners to move past all that technical list of stuff and get more into the psychological aspect of it. So I imagine you probably hired somebody. Uh, I've hired hundreds of people over exactly, the years. Exactly. Yeah. I was I was being right. facetious with that question, right. but let me ask the serious question is when you make your decisions to hire somebody or consider people for employment, whether it's as an employee, whether it's as a, uh, a contractor, what have you, what are some of the other things that come to your mind in sure. terms of- oh, sure. Yeah. Great question. Great question. I, I'm going to tell you this. Um, I, the biggest thing I look for is passion. And, right. and, 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 and the same applies, frankly, if you're going to, if you're going to do your own business, you know, I tell my, you know, people that come to my boot camps and my students, um, you know, if you don't love this multifamily investing business, and even now you can learn to love it. I'm going to tell you that you can associate pleasure with it. I tell them, you know, equate it to hunting for buried treasure, but if you can't learn to love it, uh, I mean, you truly can learn to love anything, but if you can't, for God's sakes, go freaking do something else. Why? Because, you know, to, 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 to do business, you need to be able to influence people, be it partners, be it employees, be it, you know, uh, customers, be it, you know, uh, uh, investors. And if you're not passionate, you're not going to influence anybody. Okay. And right. so, you know, and, and where does that passion comes from? It comes from love. You got to love it. So, you know, find out, you know, what you might love doing. And I'm going to tell you, I don't care what the damn job description says. If you, if you can get in front of the decision maker and show them your love for whatever it is that you want to do and, 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 and hell offer to work for free for a couple of weeks, if you have to, to show them just how committed you are, you know, you can learn the technical side. Like I said, 80 to 80 to 90% of this is mindset. The 10 to 20%, it doesn't matter what the vehicle is, what the job is, what the business is. You know, if you've got the mindset, you've got the burning desire and you, you communicate that with passion to a decision maker, well, frankly, they'd be a moron not to hire you or bring you on. And so, you know, I look for passion and work ethic, Adam. That those are my two biggest things. The rest of it can be taught. Period. And again, every business, great. every business is nothing but people and systems. You get the right freaking people and you put together the systems so they know what to do. Success is inevitable. Yeah, that and I and to me, that's this is this is one of the reasons I realized that my success was going to come from entering entrepreneurship is right. I would apply for all these jobs and it was and it was that same thing over and over again. Well, we're looking for somebody with 12 years experience for the century level job. Well, then how the hell am I supposed to enter? Well, you might say, are you freaking crazy? Would you not rather have somebody that absolutely loves this business that's going to kick ass and kill themselves to, to help you be successful? That's what I would say. <laughs> yeah. You know? I mean, I mean, as far as I me, mean, yeah, and, and you're right. I mean, there are certain things that you do require an educational background for. Like, let's say you're hiring an IT programmer. Let's just stick with uh, that. Sure. Okay, okay, okay they got to know how to write code. But sure. they don't necessarily have to spend 500 years doing it. If you can have a conversation with them and you can find out that they're both brilliant and passionate about the coach, which means you ask them questions about it, they can actually answer them in a way that you know they're not BSing you. Yeah. 
Yeah, but I'm, I'm just I'm just going to tell you that, frankly, most people that get a job wish that they own their own business and did something else anyway. So right. why not find what you're passionate about and go after that at the very least as a side hustle? You know, again, if it's real estate, come see me. If it's entrepreneurship, Adam, I know, you know, you, you teach that. But 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 whatever it is, for God's sakes, learn it. And and so, so you can kick your job down to the curb. OK, because unless you. You know, don't just let me say this. Don't be in the same place a year from now that you are right now, unless you freaking love where you are right now. Okay. Uh So, you know, make some decisions, see what's out there, see what might juice you, start learning it. Um, and, 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 you know, at, at some point you'll, you'll eclipse whatever income you're getting from your W2 job. And then, then you've got true financial freedom. And, you know, so, so, you know, uh, rather than, worrying about satisfying that hiring person, I would, I would focus on building your legacy and building, you know, building wealth through whatever vehicle it is that you want. And, and again, if you love it, success is inevitable because you're going to work your ass off. You're going to be passionate about it. You'll be able to influence people and, and, and you're off, you're done, you know, it'll happen. Yeah. I, I thank you so much for sharing that with us. So, um, you know, it, it's, I want to ask a broad question because this is one of my own things that I'm brilliant and passionate about is mm-hmm. you have, let me tell you, let me tell you a story. And this is actually one of my favorite stories. I share this every so often on the business creators radio show. Uh, some of our listeners of a certain age will remember Jackie Gleason who played in the honeymooners. Uh, he was Buford T justice in the smoking, the bandit movies and a whole bunch of other movies and television shows in 1978. He was having severe chest pains while acting, and I think it was some sort of Broadway production. And he ended up getting six and a half hours of open heart surgery. It was his years of raucous partying, his alcohol, his booze, his cigarettes, and and uh, everything else that just put him in that situation. He's sixty-two years old, and they got to open him up for six and a half hours. Wow! So fast forward to nineteen eighty-one when they did an interview with him on 2020 and Hugh Downs was interviewing him and they mentioned the heart surgery and then they pan Jackie Gleason sitting in his lounge and he's got a cigarette in one hand and a glass of scotch in the other. It's like, what? It's an obvious question. And as, and as Gleason said, I figured if they fixed me, they fixed me. That meant I could continue to smoke although it's a stupid habit. And I drink as much as I used to. And there was more to it, but that's the paraphrase. Hmm. Well, that actually inspires me in a certain way because we hear about these profound transformations we need to go through before we can achieve anything. When I decided I wanted to go into personal rebranding, I heard from all the folks who said, well, yeah, you should lose all that weight first before you go buy clothes. No, 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 no. Uh, So the distinction I'm drawing here is sometimes you can go through the the transformation and sometimes you can go for the fix. So in my case, the fix was, okay, so I know I'm not optimal here, but I'm not bad. And if I were to do the proper uh, color analysis, genetic analysis measurements and have clothes that will properly fit me and were in alignment with my complexion, that would be a big improvement even with where I'm at, that would be the fix. The transformation of getting into optimal body shape, that could take a year, that could take two years, that might never happen. 
That's the radical transformation. So in your experience, Rod, do you sometimes find that there is a distinction between fixes and transformations? And if so, what is your guiding process for deciding how to position each of those things? Well, you know, while you were talking, I Googled Jackie Gleason. You said that he did he did that interview with the with the drink in his hand when he was in 82. Did you say it was 82? They aired it in 1981. I think they filmed 81. it in 1980. Yeah. He died in 87. So, yep. you know, um, but but, you know, I, I will say this. Um, there's that there's that meme around, you know, you can uh, truly live versus just have a life. And yeah. so he truly lived. And so, you know, I think it's a very subjective um, question and decision only because, you know, I, I when you when you when you said that he showed up smoking and drinking, I cringed a little bit because I, I live an extremely healthy lifestyle. And, and, and yeah. I, my wife is 23 years younger than I am. And 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 she's she's supermodel, beautiful and beautiful on the inside. We've been together 12 years, but I mean, truly spectacularly beautiful on the outside. Right. And and um. And, you know, I, and I don't do it. I don't do, you know, I don't take care of myself for me. I just want to be around as long as possible for her. And right. that's my, that's my motivation. And so, you know, so that, 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 that example probably isn't the best for me personally, but I will tell you, you know, as far as it relates to a transformation, I mean, you got to want it. Okay. And, and, uh-huh. and a lot of people can't make that transformation. And so, you know, if there, if there is a credible fix that you're okay with that, that, you know, I don't know if it patches what it is you're trying to accomplish or if it if it extends, you know, uh, something for you, then then, you know, again, I think it's a real personal decision. Um, but, uh, you know, I, 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 I love the word transformation, just, so you know, and, and I, you know, my students, my coaching students, my, my warriors, I call them, you know, I've been teaching three and a half years. They own 40 plus 40, somewhere between 46,000 and 47,000 units. I'm a super freaking proud of that. And so, you know, I, I believe their lives have transformed. And so, you know, that's a word that I love. Okay. And that's a, you know, in the whole world of psychology and self-improvement transformation is obviously a big buzzword and, you know, and, you know, I've got a wall behind my desk here with literally hundreds of thank you cards from people whose lives have been transformed. So, you know, um, to me, that's the direction I like personally. Um, And, and so, you know, um, I'm not sure if, if, if I'm, if I'm answering your question or not, but but I'm I'm trying. Uh, um, Yeah. So, so, you know, I, I, I love what it is, what I do, and this is not ego, but when I tell you, and maybe, forgive me, I've been interviewed four times today, so if I've already said this, forgive me, but I, I get love at least 10 times a day, okay? At least, I'm not exaggerating. Between these cards, I get gifts. I got a gift basket yesterday. I, I get, I get uh, DMs or emails, literally. I mean, I could read some. I just literally got on my phone just while we were talking here right. from people whose lives have been transformed and changed and improved and and it's my greatest gift. It's why, you know, my wife puts up with me working on Saturdays and Sundays because she knows I freaking love this. So, again, you know, yes, there are quick fixes. Um, and sometimes that's what's required. But my love is transformation. So, anyway. right. Okay. okay. So uh, let's take just a few moments because we have a couple minutes left here. Right. For those of you who are familiar with you, with you as somebody who's involved in real estate, I just want to ask mm-hmm. this question because we do actually have people who tune into our episodes that are with folks like you. 
Oh, okay. uh, in your in your opinion, what is the first thing that an aspiring real estate investor should focus on when considering real estate? Because we hear so much about how there's riches in real estate and how you can sure. flip houses, buy sure. real estate with OPM, et cetera, et cetera, sure. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then there are all the different reasons why you should or should not. Ugh, clear it well, up for us, please. No, yeah, no, no. Listen, there's a reason 90% of the world's millionaires either did it through real estate or invested in real estate after they did it. Because, you know, I mean, the, 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 advantage, the, the advantages are, are, are kind of overwhelming. The tax advantages alone are overwhelming. Um, and, and your ability to scale and, and build wealth using other people's money. You can't do that in most, most businesses. <clears throat> like these right. 20, I've bought 2,500 doors in the last, uh, like two and a half years with my students, I don't have a dime in them, and and I've you know made millions as a result of them. So so you know and and so that's what's possible with real estate. Now I'm going to tell you what's the first thing you should do is check it out, see what you'd like. You know, come spend some time with me if you can make Orlando December third, fourth, and fifth, and I promise you you'll be glad you came. I promise you. Uh, you know, in fact, uh, let me mention that if I may. I mean, if you, if your listeners are interested in real estate. Um, I'm doing that boot camp, and you know um, I, you can come for $197. That's about half price. I'll tell you how to do that in just a second. But it includes three days of me. There's no sales. Well, I shouldn't say there's no. I talk about my coaching for about 30 minutes, but the rest of it's all content. I've never. I've had thousands of people attend. I've never had a complaint other than the room's too cold or the food sucked or something like that. It's never about the content. Okay, and you know. Um, I'm going to include my courage and confidence course. I created a course on courage and confidence. Hell, that thing's worth 1200 bucks alone. Um, I just finished it. I'm really proud of it. I'm going to also include this deal, this course I did 10 modules on finding deals. Cause right now that's the hardest thing. And so you, plus my book, I'll send you a PDF of my book and the audio version of my best-selling book is bestseller in three categories, how to create lifetime cash flow through multifamily properties. So all of that for 197 bucks, it's, it's truly a duh. Um, if you're interested in real estate at all. Mm -hmm. So if you're interested Text multifamily to 72345 and use the code rod friend um, and you can come for $197. But but if, if it's not real estate, then you've got to go and, and evaluate what it is that you're going to do. And you've got to become competent in it. OK, because if you're going to go do entrepreneurship, build a business, you've got to build your competence first. Why? Because that competence equates to confidence and you've got to be able to influence people and you can't unless you're confident. So because once you have that confidence, then you can influence. And again, the most important underlying foundational piece of the whole thing is you got to love it or learn to love it so that you're passionate about it. So again, in my view, the first thing you do is you become competent. And so, you know, whatever, in whatever topic you're interested in, go, go, you know, there's so much stuff online. You can, you know, go to YouTube university. If you have to, you can, you know, buy a course on, there's so many online courses now for literally anything. Okay. And mine included. And so, you know, if, if you want to kind of learn what I'm about, check out my podcast. It's called Lifetime Cash Flow. Again, even if you're not interested in real estate, you'll enjoy the Own Your Power Clips. My website has tons of free content, tons of books that I've done, articles, videos. And that's if you go to Real Estate with Rod, you know, you can learn about me. Um, and, and it goes to my website, rodcleaf.com, but nobody can spell my name. So realestatewithrod.com will get you there. But, but again, the number one thing, Adam, in my view, and I hope you agree, is that you've got to get some knowledge first, okay? Because dabblers get their butts kicked. That, you know, the, even if you're going to invest passively in a real estate deal, like invest in somebody else's deal, you need to learn it, 
Okay, if you're going to invest in a business or the stock market, don't give your hard-earned money to somebody without evaluating it and getting some basic understanding of what it is. So you don't squander it. You know, there's so much money in the stock market right now, and frankly, Adam, I believe we're headed for a correction before too long. And you know, yeah. and, and so many people will just invest blindly without any knowledge of what they're investing in. And to me, that's just a huge mistake. So I don't know if I answered your question, but I tried. Actually, you did. And you also answered my final question as we wrap okay. up here, which is how are some ways that people can engage with you? And you gave oh, a number good. of really good. tantalizing options. I encourage everybody who has not already done so, subscribe to the Business Creators Radio Show on your favorite subscription platform. Visit our website at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com and find our episode with Rod Cleef. And for more of Rod's information, he gave you his. He gave you the ability to download a free gift. You just text him a code. Go back and listen to that. Uh, and he also showed you some other ways that you can engage with him. And I also just want to point out that he has a great real estate podcast called Lifetime Cash Flow Through Real Estate Investing. Uh, over ten million downloads. A very popular one. He's the author of a number one bestseller called How to Create Lifetime Cash Flow Through Multi-Family Properties the new rules of real estate investing. And you can find all of this and more at his website at www.rodcleef.com. For those who are out there jogging or driving, I'll spell it for you one time. That's www.rodkhleif.com. Or Rod go to Cleef. real estate com. with Rod. It's much easier. Just go to real estate with Rod. Much Ooh, that's ca- that's yeah. catchy too. Okay, yeah. so let's also spell that one out just one time realestatewithrod.com. Yep. Easy. All right. So, uh, Rod Cleef, thank you so much for being with us today. Thanks, buddy. It has been an honor. And believe me, in education, you inspired me to go thank out you. and do something today. Love it. Love All it. Right. Thanks, brother. Thank you. We trust you enjoyed today's episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. Check out our previous and upcoming episodes on our website at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. While you're there, be sure to subscribe via your favorite network so you get fresh episodes delivered straight to you. Until next time, have a great day. Take care.